Hey, what's up guys? This past week I had an awesome interview with Sam Hildreth, who is currently finishing up degrees in both accounting and corporate finance at the University of Louisville. He posts valuable content on TikTok and Instagram about personal finance and how to successfully manage your money. If you're interested in this, go follow Finance with Sam on both TikTok and Instagram. With that out of the way, I hope you guys enjoy the episode and subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks. I know that you post content on um, TikTok and Instagram about personal finance. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, do you work in finance? So right now I'm finishing up two degrees, uh, one in okay. accounting, accountancy and one in corporate finance, but I actually did just accept a position as a rotational financial analyst. Oh, wow. So, and, um, so yes and no. <laughs> wow. And what school, what school are you uh, doing that at? Uh, the University of Louisville. Nice. So I'm I, down here in Kentucky. Nice. Uh, my my cousin uh, lives in um, Prospect, Kentucky. I don't know if you know where that oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually headed over there uh, tomorrow or whatever with uh, one, one of my friends. He's a real estate agent. We're uh, going oh, cool. and taking a look at the house. So. Nice. Um, well, that's cool. I, I uh, That just goes to show that anyone, you don't have to work in finance, right? To uh, Not yet. Do this Not yet. <laughs> to do this stuff, no. though. No, not really. I mean... I know people who don't even have any finance background. I mean, you look at Ryan Scribner, you look at Nate O'Brien. I mean, you look at these top finance creators and they don't have a degree. They never worked in finance. They didn't do any of that stuff. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of goes to show that, you know, the new world order is the Internet. And that's yeah. that's kind of where your education is going to come from nowadays. And, you know, you make the most of it. Yeah. Um, and. Do you remember what age you became interested in um, this stuff and when it really struck you that this was important? I would say back in high school, I took my first accounting class actually, I think as a sophomore in high school. And okay. that's why I was like, okay, like learning about money, it's kind of cool. And then a junior year, I took a personal finance class, did a little bit of uh, investing simulations. And now I'm just like, this is it, man. Yeah. I found it, you know, and it's very rare that someone finds, you know, what they want to do in their life, you know, that early. So, I mean, picked up the ball and ran with it. Yeah, that's funny because um, I'm a junior right now in high school and I took a accounting class last year. Looking back on it now, I um, I really wish I took it more seriously. I think um, I'll take another one uh, just because I didn't really see the importance of it um, then. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I think accounting, there, there's kind of a big difference between accounting and finance. I think the biggest difference is accounting is kind of by the book. You learn the balance sheet, you learn the income statement, you kind of learn where you're categorizing the money. Uh, finance, the biggest difference is you are taking that information and you're modeling it to kind of for creative problem solving, for kind of future prospects, stuff like that. Okay. And, um, did, did you have a family member um, like pushing you on this? Like maybe your dad or mom like saying, hey, this is important or? Um, mostly it was more just me and, you know, a, a teacher, but okay. uh, no, my parents wanted me to go into uh, computer information systems and kind of IT oh. and stuff like <laughs> that. And man, I was just like the coding, I cannot do the coding. Yeah. <laughs> so I just but, stood clear from that and decide on two degrees but yeah um when did you start like uh i guess actually taking your money and investing it and do you remember your first investments that you made wow so my first investment was i think it was 
probably Google. And oh, it was wow. really yeah. just, it was just a single share and that was it. But I would say when I really got serious and I started learning about it and the different types and I started, you know, allocating efficiently would have been about two to three years ago, um, something like that. And so much has changed now. I mean, with fractional share buying, you know, yeah. it's no longer a rich person's game anymore. It's, you know, if you have $5, you can invest now. And I think that really changed the game because now, you know, every 16 year old with a Robinhood account and, yeah. you know, some money is investing and, in, you know, I mean, I mean, that's it's what really I'm doing. interesting to see. Yeah, it's really interesting to see. And um, do you like Robinhood? Uh, um, what trading platform do you use? Uh, maybe we so, kind of I'd have to break it up into kind of like three portfolios ish. Okay. So, uh, you know, the Roth IRA, I mean, you know, tax free growth. I, I keep about, you know, 85 percent uh, ETFs and index funds. Um, kind of in there and then 15% kind of, you know, some growth stocks, stuff like that. But I keep that on Charles Schwab. Um, you know, I, sure. I, I, I like Robinhood, um, super easy interface, stuff like that. Really great for beginners, but it has a history of crashing, uh, at some pretty important times. And I, I don't know, I don't do much day trading. It's just kind okay. of sketchy to see, you know, uh, an entire broker is just crashing during some pretty important times. And yeah, yeah. I do I do hold some stuff in Robinhood though? But okay, and it's not it, my main. It's like if you're holding a lot of savings, money, investments, um, maybe Robinhood is your best choice. Going somewhere with like Charles Schwab. Yeah, Charles Schwab, Fidelity, both offer you know fractional share buying. They both have great selection of investments. I think the biggest difference is the kind of easy to use. I mean, Robinhood is way up there, super easy to use, buy, sell, stuff like that. But I think it's very much worth the time to kind of get a grasp how to use the other brokerages as if you have a lot of money, I probably wouldn't keep it in Robinhood. I mean, that's just me personally. All right. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, I know you emphasize heavy, heavily on um, do your own research on TikTok, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, but I'm wondering, could you maybe share just maybe like one or two key things that you look for when investing in um, a stock? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, apart from like the actual analysis, I mean, two things. One, look at profitability and consistent like profitability. Okay. Like, you know, look back five, 10 years or however long the company's been, if they're showing good profits. I mean, paying a dividend is a plus. It's not like a deal breaker or anything, but that's a plus as well. But I would say number two is the most important. And it's, do I see this company being bigger than it is right now in 10 years? Like, do I see it sticking around or do I see it, you know, kind of being overtaken by something else? And that's kind of the biggest thing that I'm looking at right now. That's why I'm really big into electric vehicles. I mean, I think cannabis is going to go up as well. I mean, these emerging markets and these emerging industries are going to be really interesting to see because 10 to 15 years from now, I, I see those being on the top. Sure. Do you uh, play investments based on uh, the new presidency with Biden? Um, you know, I mean, I think it definitely helps a little bit. You know, I mean, the whole cannabis thing, I think it definitely helps, uh, you know, him coming in with that. But as far as just kind of fundamentally, it hasn't really changed my game. I mean, I'm a big like just put it in and leave it yeah. kind of guy. I yeah. mean, I do a little bit of monthly speculation and I kind of switch out some investments here and there, but just put it in, leave it. And then fundamentally dollar cost averaging is kind of the way to go. And it's kind of the way that I get out. But you don't really use um, 
like you said, you don't day trade or you're not looking for short term gains, really. Here's kind of what I think is, you know, when you're doing, you know, two, two degrees right now and then, you know, eventually in, in a month or two when I start my job as an analyst, um, I'm working eight to five, nine to five, whatever it is. It's just not probably worth my time to, you know, day trade with the amount of money and amount of capital I have. And that's kind okay. of where I see a lot of people, you know, not wasting their time. But if you're trading with $10 and you're spending hours, you know, researching, analyzing and you make a dollar, think of it hourly. You're not even making minimum wage. Yeah. I mean, like, I think your time could definitely be used more efficiently, but just the amount of capital I'm working with now, it's just probably not worth it. And so I've asked this with my past guests about um, what they have done. And I'm wondering, do you have any bad investments that you regret, um, but also learn from? Um, I'm a very new investor. I mean, yeah. two years, three years, that's nothing compared to some of these other people. Okay. Um, so as far as bad investments go, I don't think so much in the stock market, especially if you're looking long term. Obviously, you're going to have, you know, some losses, some gains, some winners, some losers. But if you're thinking long term, I mean, statistically, it's it's you know, it's going to go up. But um, as far as stuff like that, no, I definitely have made like bad, you know, personal investments, you know, just yeah. in myself or stuff that I'm buying. I mean, I remember one time I you know, buying a phone, basically, you, yeah. know, you go to Verizon, you go to T-Mobile or something, and a phone's something that you need. But, you know, I kind of took the short route, looked at Facebook Marketplace. I'm just like, man, this guy's selling an iPhone X for like 400 bucks. I'm just like, let's do it. Turns out, bought the phone, didn't work. So <laughs> it just, I think that was when like, you know, some of the things that you spent money on, it is worth it to spend the extra money on and just get it from a secure place, you know, get it semi new, make sure it works. And, and I think, you know, a phone is kind of like that. And, but. So that kind of goes like, um, what's the saying? Um, spend twice as much, buy half as many. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's in some <laughs> yeah. cases. But, uh, and you, you say on uh, TikTok, when people say like live frugal, um, that doesn't mean don't have fun. And no, absolutely not. Yeah, so kind of kind of my whole basis of my platforms is not being the extreme guy, you know. Uh, I, I mean I mean I see, you know, different influencers out there, you know, being like slash your budget, you know, give up your twenties, just put yeah. your head down and grind it. I'm just like if that's what you want to do, that's great. But for those of us who don't want to do that, I mean you're never going to get your 20s back. You will never have the body that you have now, the physical like health that you have right for now, sure. regardless if you work out, you know, two, three times a day for the next 10 years. I mean, regardless of that, you're still going to age. So if you can balance your personal life and your finances to a point where you are tracking everything and you are allocating efficiently, put an entertainment like category in that budget because you want to make the memories now. So you're looking back and, and yeah. you can think on it and you don't have any regrets. Uh, I agree with you. I think that gets taken out of context. Uh, like Gary Vee, he's saying, you know, your 20s right. should be all about grinding. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if- uh, I, I, I do see what he's saying though. Cause yeah. you know, you build the foundation in your 20s, what you do in your 20s, you know, echoes for the next two decades, basically. That's yeah. not to say, you know, don't build on yourself, don't learn new things. It's to say, find a balance so that's not the only thing you're doing because there will be times that you 
should have said yes to doing something fun and you're gonna look back on it when you're 56 years old yeah and you're gonna regret it so and that doesn't mean you know go party every weekend right and and i think that's really important uh especially for my generation do you have any like real estate investments uh are you thinking of going into that so i have some people i follow on instagram and some friends on instagram that do house hacking um and you know they they have pages about it and they kind of document their processes and stuff and that looks like something really cool that i'd honestly be into but with the job yeah so basically uh it's house hacking apartment hacking uh stuff like that so basically you buy a property let's say you buy you know a three-bedroom house you live in one of the bedrooms and you rent out the other two. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So then they kind of cover your side of the rent too. And you're also getting that monthly cash flow. Okay. Uh, I think that'd be really great to do. You build some equity, you got some cash flow. I mean, that'd be awesome. But the thing with the contract I just signed for this job, I'm going to be starting. Um, it's a three year contract and I travel to a new place each year. Oh, so wow. it's really hard to, you know, kind of get yeah. into that if I'm not being stationary. So I think, you know, once that contract is up, I, I would definitely look into real estate more. But right now, unfortunately, I got to. Yeah. yeah, I get that. And when you talk about different types of investments, do you do you like cryptocurrencies or do you invest it's- much in that? Man, that's really interesting because I do have some Bitcoin. Uh, okay. I-, I have about... I, don't know. I won't get into like numbers or anything, but okay. I do have some Bitcoin. Um, I bought in around twenty six thousand, something like that. Okay, yeah. And you know, a little late on the wave, but you know, enough to have some gains. I mean, stuff like that. But it's really tough because on both sides, you hear, you know, it's not going anywhere. On the other side, yeah. it's like it's gonna hit one hundred fifty thousand by the end, yeah. you know, of the year. It's just it's incredibly hard to realize what's right and what's wrong. Um, me personally though i do see it as staying and i see it as increasing to i could honestly see a hundred thousand i mean that's not to say by the end of the year i'm just saying like that mark is is in it's in reach just because we have printed what is it 20 percent of all dollars printed in the history of the u.s just in 2020 wow and that's that's not great for the value of the dollar. So people no. are going to start looking towards other kind of things that have value. And I think, I think crypto can be there. Um, you know, gold's there. I mean, stuff like yeah. that. So we'll and see what happens, but I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> so again, I, I know you're not into short-term investments and day trading, um, but have you ever like dabbled in um, options trading? Because that's one thing uh, I've been figuring out lately um you know how to do it and it just seems really interesting for me uh, at least it is interesting i've definitely looked at it um especially you know with the market crash back in march i mean you're seeing people who shorted the s p 500 or something like that you know they just use an inverse etf didn't even yeah. have to do anything um and they made a crap ton of money just by doing that but it's not something again that i i feel the need to do um kind of like short-term gains I, I mean it's just not something i feel the need to do it's okay that's not to say that other people shouldn't do it so this is just kind of my opinion i respect whatever everyone else wants to do you know i'm not going to say one investment is worse than the other you know because it's it's all subjective basically how much money you're working with what's your risk tolerance stuff like that so for sure me personally no for others do your research figure out 
you know, if you like it or not. Okay, switching gears to uh, content. So uh, I want to ask, what got you interested in uh, in posting on TikTok and Instagram consistently and growing that following? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's been crazy. I mean, I've only had my Instagram for about a month. I mean, what? I have only it's had like, it for about a month i have about four to five reels that topped over a hundred thousand views I, wow. I mean it's been wild i mean I, I had no idea i was expecting like a thousand within six months or something but um you know i just figured you know this is the information that people should have and i kind of have that you know interesting spin as you know not going all in or all out basically i'm kind of like finding the balance between you know becoming financially free, educating, but also having some fun with it, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of where I've found my sweet spot. And I think that's why a lot of people follow me. You know, I get DMs, messages, you know, love your content. I love how you're realistic with it too. You know, you're not telling 17, 18 year olds to invest $500 per month when they're working a minimum wage job. Yeah. It's just not realistic, you know? So th that's kind of where I found my sweet spot. And, you know, I'm a keep on doing it i have a couple more things uh in the works as well so nice. see what happens that's part of the problem for social media is being uh realistic and authentic because you see like a ton of um i'll use drop shipping uh people that are just you know showing their drop shipping uh sales and you're just like and they're telling you how to do it and they're just like it's simple just go to shopify start a website and then you're done you're making yeah they yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, that's not to hate on dropshippers either. You no. know? I mean, some of them are very successful. I think the most successful ones, though, are the ones that are totally transparent. You are showing, yeah. you know, your profits, but you're also showing, you know, the expenses that you have, your profitability ratios, you know, you, you make 100000 in revenue, but what's your profit from that, yeah. you know? I mean, show me your profit because that's going to be way more impressive than just your revenue. But... Yeah, yeah I, I think I think that's a problem uh, for my generation. Yeah, me, me personally, I mean, your financial life and what you do can be as private or as public as you want. But once you show, you know, a single TikTok or a single Instagram post and you show those gains or you show, you know, how much money you're making, you got to go all in. You, you can't yeah. stop now. You, you can't just show me that one gain. You got to show me your losses. I mean, you have to show it everything. And that's why I've kind of, you know, tried to steer clear of that route because I'm kind of a person who likes to keep his money private a little bit, you know, but yeah. that's not to say I won't eventually do it, you know, just to kind of, you know, show the process and what steps I took and stuff like that. But as of now, I kind of steer away from that. Um, and the people that do it, the most successful ones are the ones that show both the sides, you know, yeah, for sure. be realistic. Don't be, you know, just daydreaming. <laughs> All right. And how long ago did you uh, start um, TikTok? Your, did you start your TikTok before your Instagram? I did. So I had, I've had my TikTok for about a few months and it was honestly just supposed to be something casual. You know, I was yeah. just posting random crap on there, you know, and, you know, no, no big following or anything, uh, just something to have fun with. And, and once I start my Instagram, I'm just like, my TikTok is there. I have about, you know, a thousand followers or, or whatever on my TikTok just from posting random crap. Um, let's, let's turn it into something now, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I'm really trying to kind of gear towards is, you know, in the past I've been using social media as kind of entertainment, um, just mindlessly scrolling. And now I'm using it with purpose, you know, to educate, educate myself, educate others, connect with people. 
Um, it's really a tool out there and there's so much money to be made online. It's ridiculous. Sure. I mean, if you, if, if you have 10,000 people following you, that is so much more like valuable than getting just a $10,000 check. Yeah. So much more. I mean, especially if they're engaging, they're connecting. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm gearing towards just networking, educating, and, you know, using it purposefully. And yeah, that's what, um, like from seeing you and a ton of other creators on TikTok and Instagram, um, I'm seeing as being more and more important of growing a following. And so in the future, when maybe, you know, I'm 30, I can have a big following and maybe use that as an extra uh, source of income. Yeah, that's that's the ultimate goal, I think, for me. But the big question and, and the big, you know, mistake that I see a lot of people make is is they try and monetize way too soon. Right. Yeah. I mean, you see people trying to sell your courses when they only have 1,500, 2,000 followers. I mean, give it to them for free, draw in more followers from that. And then once you hit that 10K, 15K mark, that's when you can start, you know, selling this stuff. But if you're trying right off the bat, you, you don't have enough following at that point to make it sustainable. You might get a couple sure. of checks, you know, right off the bat, a couple of sales. It won't be sustainable, though. For sure. Um, and, and you want to, uh, when you do that kind of stuff, you want to provide significant value for them because you see so many courses, so many, why choose you? Um, and that's why building a brand, building an audience where they can trust you uh, comes in. Yeah, um, that's that's exactly right. I mean, it, <laughs> you got to add the value first. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. Add the value first, monetize second. I mean, you got you got to build the following, make sure they trust you, engage with them. I see so many creators just not DMing back. You know, I, people get shocked when I DM back. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not that big. Like, I got time. Like, you know, I want to keep you around. I want to connect with you. Let's let's talk. Um, and I think I think that's what makes the difference between you know. The, the good creators and you know kind of the, the people who are going to stagnate maybe you can share this but are you maybe going to make a youtube for this because uh that's huge too right i've i put out a poll on my story the other day and i got i got about 100 to 150 people wanting a wow. youtube and i uh you know i don't think i'm gonna do it for myself this is why i say when i have some stuff in the works i actually have a youtube and a podcast in the works with one of uh, okay. one of my buddies he's uh the real estate agent i was talking about um and we're thinking about some i have a couple of connections so basically as a side hustle i do social media managing and copywriting wow. for a big financial youtuber and he has opened my doors, like, like opened, you know, the opportunities to me that I would have never dreamed. I mean, I was idolizing this guy, you know, six months and, and now I'm working for him. You know, we, we've become acquainted. We're friends. I mean, it's awesome to see. And, you know, the connections that I've got from him now, it will make for a really interesting YouTube channel, really interesting podcast when, you know, that gets running. For sure. Do you have any advice uh, for people listening about growing on TikTok and Instagram? Uh, maybe TikTok, I guess TikTok, you know, the algorithm is a lot better for creators, would you say? A lot more, a lot easier to um, get viewed, I guess, than Instagram. But what would you say is some advice for social media in this type of field? Social media, I would say I could break it down to a few things. Number one, be unique. I mean, in a very saturated, you know, kind of niche, whether it's fitness, whether it's finance, whether it's, you know, just gaming or something, if it's very saturated, 
you got to find a way to stand out. I mean, you, you can't be spewing the same quotes that everyone else is using. You got to find something unique, something original. Um, number two would be add value first. Like I said, I mean, if you're just bombarding them with advertisements, affiliate links, courses, and, and you know, you haven't built that trust yet, you have no business doing that. And number three is use your analytics. Okay. Use your analytics. Understand your peak times to post. Understand if you're posting too much. Understand what posts work and what don't. And be intentional of what, you know, what kind of point you're trying to get across because, you know, you can take that post back, but like, it's, it's going to be a waste of your time. Keep it out there, you know, and, and TikTok, Instagram, two very different algorithms. Understand sure. each algorithm. TikTok is, it's very open. It doesn't judge, you know, whether you have 10,000 followers or a thousand followers. You have kind of an equal chance there to blow up whether people connect with your content or not. So make it quality content and you're going to have, you know, a higher chance of pushing it out. Great. Um, I love that. That's awesome. Um, switching over more uh, goals, and this will be like the final part. Um, do you have any future goals? I know you're getting a job, but um, what are your future goals in maybe personal finance, but also entrepreneurship? Maybe do you see yourself having a job um, and then starting your own thing, or what's your deal there? Right. So that's kind of what I'm building right now. Is I I figured you know now's a good time as ever to start on this stuff. I mean, whether you're in college, whether you're not, whether, you know, you're working a nine to five, I mean, just start now. I mean, you have some type of value to add, you know, whether you're in high school, college, beyond, you have value to add, just find what that is and kind of direct it into your niche. So I think the biggest goal for mine was just setting a baseline now. So when, you know, I start my nine to five job, I kind of have something that, you know, whether it's, a side hustle income that's, you know, paying off my rent every month. I mean, that's, that's huge, especially if you can do it with only working a couple hours a week. I mean, that's, that's big. And I think the biggest thing is scaling correctly. I think that's where my next vision is at is, you know, I have to scale accordingly. So it's sustainable in the future. I'm not just kind of a one hit wonder or whatever yeah. it is, you know? So those are kind of my goals for the future is just, looking towards the future basically right. making sure this stuff is sustainable make sure make sure i'm growing accordingly that's awesome um my my final question um and you kind of already answered this that last one but uh what would your advice be um to any young person uh like myself that uh, wants to be financially free in the future but is kind of intimidated uh right now of starting and doesn't know the first steps getting there right i think the biggest thing is it's, it's really a mental game. I'm not going to lie. I mean, starting this stuff, you know, it's, it's weird because people, you know, in real life, they might follow you. They might look at your stuff. They, they might show up on their feed and you don't know how they're going to react. You know, I mean, I, I think that was the biggest thing in high school for me was simply just caring too much about what others are going to think of this and, you know, letting that hinder my decisions. So I think the biggest thing is if you want to start something, it's it's a huge mental game just to kind of block out you know what others sure. are going to think of you that, that's not to say you know don't take it into account you know if, if they don't like if they're not receiving you know what you're saying well then maybe it's time to switch up the message but i, I think that's the biggest thing is just 
do you and right. and let everyone else just watch you know so d don't let that hinder you know what you want to do in life um and that's kind of you know why i started the page i'm just like you know what i'm to a point where if people like this they like this if it shows up on people's feed they want to make fun of me for it that's great i'll be laughing in the end with a big old paycheck on my face sure. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what it is all right, that wraps it up for the third episode of the Venture Started Podcast. If you haven't already, please go follow Sam on both TikTok and Instagram at Finance with Sam. Also, it would mean a lot if you guys left a review on Apple Podcasts as I'm trying to grow this. And other than that, hope you guys stay tuned for more episodes where I interview more entrepreneurs to hear their story. And yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Peace.